Welcome to St. John's where parables are abundant this season. (laughs) We start with St. Paul's epistle to the Romans. And what's interesting at the very end, and I'm not going to go through a lot of it, but the very end he says, for in hope we are, we're saved. Now hope is hope. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. A nice cautionary tale that most Christians do not have that blessing of patience. But I ask you to be patient with me today. As we look at the gospel, I was fortunate enough to look at some resources, and Elizabeth Johnson did a sort of excerpt of this particular passage. And I found it interesting because she helped me focus for the first time ever on the difference between the grain and the wheat. She said, we have to understand a little bit about botany to truly understand the significance of the wheat and the weeds. There is a term that's used in the Greek, which is a a term from botany, which means zinzania. And actually, zinzanium was the plural, darnel. Now, the weeds that were planted and sowed with the wheat were considered darnel. And what happens in the growing process, and she points this out, that as the weeds mature and the grain matures, the grain, the wheat, is so heavy that the tops bend over. Yet the weeds, the darnel, stand straight. Hence the cautionary response of the Lord and the master. Because when the slaves say, do you want us to remove them, pull them up? He said, no, 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 no. You'll tear up the good wheat with the weeds. And he was reminding them to be patient and let the growth of wheat and weeds come together. So that in fact, the reapers could come and take all of the tall weeds and pull them out at the same time and burn them in the fire. And the grain, which was curled over, they could pick up and put in the barn, the granary. Very interesting, because I always wondered how, in fact, with the simplicity of Jesus saying, well, the reapers will come and separate them. Well, they'll separate them because of the height of the wheat and the weeds. Truly informing me, at least, of the nature of what Jesus is talking about, that these will be visible differences in the two. She also goes on to say that this is a wonderful allegorical interpretation because Jesus himself decides to let them in on the story. You remember, there's a lot of parables a lot of stories of Jesus. And finally, 
on a few occasions, they'll ask him, what did you mean by that? And either he finds another town to go to or another group of people to interact with so he doesn't have to explain it. Twice now, last week and this week, he gets to explain the actual parable. In the words of the gospel itself, he says to them, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man, obviously Jesus himself. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are angels. Now, if you read the parable very closely, he's missed one group of people. Who are the slaves? Where did they go? What were they about? The reference that Ms. Johnson talks about is that perhaps the disciples are the slaves. And perhaps the slave is the person who hears the parable and ponders upon the parable for a long time in confusion, even though the answer has been given. A friend of mine, Tom Woodward, wrote a book called Turning Things Upside Down, a theological workbook. And I've referred to it before. In his his one paragraph, he says, Christian ethics, vision, not violation. Vision, not violation. He was making a distinction between how we need to have everything in place orderly, this is the rule, this is the guideline, all of those things. And he said that seems to be the human dimension that most of us feel comfortable living with. But he said, we need to be people of the vision, not of violating the rules. We need to see the pictures, the stories, the paintings, the great expanse of God's creation as a story, so that in fact we'll be moved out of our narrowness about asking about the rules and wondering whether we're fitting the rules or not, but rather to God's creation and kingdom. Now that's a hard step to take. I'd much prefer knowing all the rules, the right things to do. As a matter of fact, when I came out of seminary, I was sure that I knew it all. I knew how to preach, I knew how to do this, I knew how to do that. There was one thing that bugged me, though. A priest friend of mine would stop significantly at the chancel steps and pause. I kept thinking, what on earth is going on? Was there something I missed in seminary? What was I supposed to be doing there? He does it every time. So I finally had enough courage to ask him. He said, oh, That's very simple. He says, that's where I stop to say, thank you, Lord, for working in spite of me. So I can be free to enter his sanctuary. A rule, I saw it as a rule. He saw it as a freedom of a story to express his own humility before God. 
It's amazing how we do this. And, and, and I know that it's easy for me to fall in the trap of wanting to know all the rules. I'm going to tell a story of St. John's during a very difficult time here. Wade Egbert was the assistant, and he came down with AIDS. And it became a huge quagmire for St. John's. Bishop Swing held a meeting with the parish in the parish hall. And I was stunned because I was a visitor. I had not yet become a member of St. John's. And I sat on the sidelines and listened to various people about, wait a minute, what's the rule of the church? Why are gays allowed even in here? How can we in fact have someone with AIDS? The people were refusing to take the chalice from him. It was a really difficult struggle. There were many comments that came across from the rule book. And it was very clear for me to see, sitting with two gay gentlemen that I knew quite well, that this was a house of rules for many, but not for most. Because there was this wonderful woman, and I had to find her name out when I finally came here, Jessie Diffley, I don't know how many of you remember Jessie, a French teacher. And she said boldly to the Bishop Swing, Bishop Swing, I've heard all these comments and everything else, and I've got an issue. Me, I have an issue. I understand, and I have a sense of morality about homosexuality. And it's very troubling to me. I've learned this from my own history. Now, Wade Egbert happens to be my spiritual advisor. I would trust this person and priest with my life. She looks and pauses. Everyone's sort of wondering, where is she going with this? And she said, Bishop, how do you deal with my hypocrisy? All of a sudden, the whole tenor of the meeting changed because someone had the ability to stand up and share their story of conflict and share their struggling with spirituality in front of the rest of the people. It was one of the most powerful witnesses to Christ's love in the presence of turmoil that I've seen. It was a great start of a tradition and a love affair to follow Jesus Christ through the church of St. John's for me. And I think it's incumbent upon us to realize that most of our laws inhibit us from seeing and being patient about the hope of God's love coming into our midst. In struggling with this passage and trying to get a focus on it, I ran into something this past week which I am very unhappy about and not very proud about. I happen to be a member, actually an officer, of our homeowners association of our condominiums. That was my first mistake. <laughs> and I realized that not everyone would agree about the decisions that were necessary about safety to be done in our complex. 
And as we're trying to lay it out, all of these issues, a new person moving into our neighborhood expressed his expertise and experience in saying that what we're doing is all wrong. Now, I immediately defaulted to my rule behavior, saying, who the heck is he to judge me? Why do I have to put up with this individual when, in fact, we have struggled with these issues for a long time, notified everyone in the complex for a long time, and here all of a sudden this person's accusing us of not representing him and not doing the things right. As I struggled with the sermon, I suddenly realized that, boy, this is my story. It's the parable that I need to understand about seeing someone with a different point of view. And instead of erasing that person from my mental right side to the wrong side, to include that person's story because that person's story is reacting out of his own concern and frustration. I still haven't been very successful on this transition. And I ask you to pray for me because, in fact, I need to get past my righteousness and rules to begin to exercise the visions, the stories of Jesus in my heart and mind so that I can embrace that individual with a sense of moving forward and sharing, hopefully, a process that will, in fact, work for all people at our complex. Are we people of the vision, of the story? The artists are. When they portray pictures and symbolic representations of all these wonderful things in our creation, they bring to us a sense of light and life. It's their story that they portray, either by painting, poetry, artwork, whatever it might be. We need to be sensitive to the stories of all of us here. Our differences of opinion are important to be shared because it's in our differences that hopefully we will forge forward with God's love and the direction to be disciples of him. May we be the slaves of Christ. May we, in fact, understand that the good and the bad will always be there but we need to be patient so the angels can pull the weeds from the grain. My prayer is that I will in fact be able to open myself to this individual in a way that allows me to affirm our points of agreement and accept our disagreement. It's out of love it's out of presence of Christ that this can be changed. I hope all of us can experience the stories of our lives with one another so that we expand our knowledge of one another and recognize we are a community following the word of Christ. Amen.